Well, it's good to be back with you all this morning for Holy Mass as we enter into the 25th, 25th week of Ordinary Time. You know, over the past few weeks, we've had some rather interesting but powerful readings, uh, to say the very least. A few weeks ago, we heard Jesus lay out some kind of difficult necessities uh, for us in living the Christian life. Uh, we heard things that we, such as we need to hate our families, we need to pick up our cross, a method of execution, and follow him. And that teaching was there basically to, to teach us that if we're more attached to the things of this world and our loves are therefore disordered, then we have no place with him. Again, some difficult teachings. Then last week, uh, we heard the effects of unrepented sin and how it can cause us to be lost. Uh, and not just temporarily, but eternally. But last week, we also heard the, the beautiful uh, divine mercy uh, of the Father in the prodigal son and how heaven rejoices when we make that choice to repent, convert, and leave behind our old ways. And then we come to this week, and when, if you're anything like me, you listen to the gospel, and we're kind of like, um, what? <laughs> Jesus, what are, you, what are you getting at here? Are you commending dishonesty? Are you saying that this kind of behavior is okay? Is he praising this, this kind of behavior? And, you know, and the short answer to this is no. But I'll tell you, it really wasn't until this week as I was preparing my homily that I, uh, I read a quote from St. Augustine that uh, after 35 years of being a Catholic my entire life, uh, that I was able to properly understand this parable, and I'll share that with you today uh, as I'm preaching on the, this dishonest steward. But one thing we need to take a look at is that, you know, each of these parables has been, you know, back to back, lined up by our Lord. And so I think our Lord and the church is trying to help us tie some things together as we hear these week after week. And these are the things I think our Lord and the church want us to, to see. So the cost of discipleship, the potential pitfalls, but also the seriousness of the call to follow Christ. And so, with all that in mind, let's dig in and take a look at what our Lord wants for us today. In today's gospel, Jesus sets up a situation where a steward has squandered his master's property. And the original Greek, if you were to take a look at just the title of this man, comes from the same word that we get, economy. And so basically, this man is not just a steward of property and making sure everything's going all right, but he's kind of the CFO, the chief financial officer for this man. And that was not uncommon, and we still see that today with the very wealthy. They have someone else taking care of their finances for them so they don't have to deal with it. Well, this man, he squanders his master's wealth, and he eventually loses his job because of it. He realizes that he's too old to do any manual labor, and there's no other work that he'd be able to do once he loses his job, so he goes to the people who owe his master money and more or less cooks the books. He writes off significant portions of their debts and he cheats his master. Why? Well, he figures if I'm not going to have a job, then I'll, at least I want to be in good graces with someone once I'm kicked out of this guy's household, so they'll take me in and I'll have a place to stay. 
even if that means, you know, cheating and making them think I actually did something good for them. Ultimately, it's a, a selfish, it's a self-centered action on the part of this man. Yet his master, after seeing what he had done, he commends him for being prudent. And again, at first glance, this kind of seems like Jesus was commending this dishonesty or sinful, sinful behavior, especially when he follows it up with this line, make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth. But like these parables over the past few weeks that we've been hearing, you know, with the, the lost coin, the prodigal son, uh, all of these parables, they are what we could say, uh, a big word for it would be eschatological, meaning they all point to the end of time. They all point to the end of our lives when we will be judged by our Lord. What Jesus is not encouraging us to do is sin. He's not saying, I want you to be like these people on every level, but he uses the effort that these people put into securing their financial future, making sure they have a, a cushy retirement, as an example. He says that basically these unjust and immoral people do more to make sure that their earthly well-being and future is provided for than Christians do securing their eternal future. And as I said, as part of coming to understand this parable this week, I, I read a quote from St. Augustine that does a great job explaining just what Jesus is getting at. And so I want to read that to you now. So St. Augustine, he says, Why did the Lord set this before us? It is not because that servant cheated, but because he exercised foresight for the future. When even a cheater is praised for ingenuity, Christians who make no such provision blush. Behold, the children of this age, those living a worldly life, are more prudent than the children of light. These people, they commit fraud, they cheat people, they do immoral things in order to secure their future. And so Augustine concludes by saying that this dishonest steward was ensuring himself for a life that was going to end. And so then he asked his listeners, and really asks each and every one of us, would you not ensure for yourself eternal life? And so as we put all of this together, all of our readings from the past few weeks and the parables that we heard, what are we to make of this? Again, we're two, two weeks ago we were told that we have to be detached from persons or things that in this life that pull us away from God and that if we choose to live radically for him, we should expect the cross. Then last week we heard how pitfalls of sin can cause us to be lost, but that mercy is there for us if we make the choice to repent and leave it behind. And then today's parable, which basically gets us to ask the question, what am I willing to do for my salvation? What am I willing to do to get to heaven? People of the world make all kinds of plans for their earthly future, but do we as followers of Christ, exercise the same effort to make sure we will be in heaven with our Lord at life's end? It's a tough question with an easy enough answer, yes or no. 
And really, it was one that stung me yeah, to my own heart, you know, as I was thinking about this and praying over it and looking at all the other things in my life that I prepare for, sometimes over, you know, the times when I, I think, you know, okay, when am I going to pray today? Obviously, the priest has you know, certain times of the day when we pray and, uh, and spend time before our Lord, but planning other things throughout the day, do I give as much importance to my prayer life as I do some of these other things that, in the grand scheme of things, are maybe inconsequential. Again, people of the world, they make all kinds of these, these plans to secure their future, but are we as attentive to our eternal future as these people are to these things that ultimately are just going to end and we won't be able to bring with us? And so we should ask ourselves, you know, what on a daily basis are we doing actively to remove these things in our lives that pull us away from God? And with the great gift of faith that's been entrusted to us, are we trustworthy with it or do we squander it? These questions that we ask ourselves, they're not to lead us to despair or make us think that we're awful people if we fall short every once in a while because that's going to happen because you're human. You know, and last week, as we saw, we have, thank God, the arms of mercy that we can run to in confession, but we continually have to make that choice to leave those things behind. These are questions that we honestly need to ask ourselves, and we need to ask our Lord as well. When we hear these kind of tough readings and, you know, living out the gospel, you know, the rubber meets the road. You know, and here, as we come to receive him in the Eucharist, is the best place for us to ask these questions. Ask him and leave it at his feet. And so as we come before him to receive the Eucharist this morning, let's make the prayer of our heart just that. Let's ask him. Let's bring these things and lay him at his feet. Let's ask our Lord to to show us those things that we have a hard time leaving behind, things that we're still attached to. Let's trust in mercy if we do have moments of weakness, and they're going to come. And let's ask him for the grace to do whatever it takes to get to heaven, to plan for our eternal future, and to make that our primary concern over anything else in this life. Amen.